0: Hello, everyone. My name is JD, and this is another episode of On the Lighter Side of Life. You know, we receive uh, quite a few emails every week, and um, one of the emails was because I stated back, I'd like the first or second program, how long I had been married. You know, uh, 43 years that we've been. We're coming up on 44 here before long, and people just wanted to know just exactly how in the world did you do something like that, you know? How does she stay married to you? Well, thanks a lot, guys. I mean, that was part of the email was like, how does she put up with you? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask her, you know. And uh, maybe someday we'll get her on here, and she can maybe give you a little bit of a secret of what it's like being married to a guy like me. Marry your best friend. That's what I did. you have to, if you knew the story of how we got together, it was. it's kind of an interesting thing to a point. Uh, We knew each other in high school. We weren't like best of friends, and we didn't go out and do things with each other as far as going out and hanging out at basketball games or anything like that. We just happened to know each other because we had classes. After high school, we both went our own separate ways, and we tagged back up together roughly four, almost five years later. She had come out of a bad marriage. I had come out of a bad marriage. I mean, you know, when they say there's no such thing as hell on earth, if you knew my first wife, you would change that whole ball of wax of way of thinking anyway i run into her i was smitten with this girl from the first time that i saw her i really really was and we became to be really good friends we started going out together and it was 30 days roughly into this deal of us going out and and just goofing around and having a good time that i happened to ask her to marry me and this poor girl fell on the floor i didn't think it was that funny of a deal to ask somebody to get married But she she had to help her off the floor. I mean, she was laughing her butt off, you know, that I had asked her to get married to me. So after we get her up off the floor, we're going, was that funny? And she just said, yeah, yeah, no, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So we didn't get, no, she didn't take the the proposal, you know. So I wait a few months, and I do it again. I ask her to marry me. And this time, while she was laughing, she was hanging on to the front door of the place uh, of our apartment that we had. And she said, no, we're not going to get married. I waited quite a long time, and roughly six or seven months after the second time, I asked her to get married to me, and she finally said yes, (laughs) finally said yeah to do it, and we've been together ever since. Told her that, you know, hey, just grab on with both hands, and we'll go through this thing together and see what comes out of it. So yeah, it's been 43 years documented, you know. So, yeah, and it's just, we're coming up on 44. And the thing that I can tell people, uh, just marry your best friend. Uh, That's what we did to this day. We still like being around each other, believe it or not. Uh, I know you hear stories of the old man always walking behind the wife, you know, mumbling and grumbling and bitching and complaining, but that's not me. I do it off to the side of my wife. I bitch and complain and mumble and grumble. You know, that's me. I'm not going to walk behind. No, so that's just me. And so we've got a very, very interesting family. I love them all, you know, it's been, it's a great thing. I mean, even the dog that we had up until we lost him, we had him since he was a little pup. And he was really, really good with the kids. He really was. And he was just a loving animal. But I think as he got older, he started losing some of his mind a little bit. We had him for like 13, 14 years, and one morning I get up, because I'm I'm a nerdy riser, and I get up and I let him out the back door, you know, it's a fenced-in backyard, and I let him go, to the, go do his thing, you know, go to the bathroom, go do your thing, you've been in here all night, go. Somewhere along the line, this dog kind of flipped. He really did. I mean, he went running out there, and I had put a hot wire around the bottom of the fence, and he is a digger. And that's what he was because he was half chow and half cocker, you know, really pretty black dog. Everybody thought he was the greatest looking thing since apple pie. But he had his quirks, which surprised me. He started going out there peeing on the electric wire that was hot and would sit there and shake. And the first time I caught him doing that, I kind of went out the back door, went running up to him. And I stopped about halfway and went, wait a minute. I remember my college days. Uh, when i was taking electronics and doing stuff like that anybody that's getting electrocuted you don't want to touch them none whatsoever because then you're going to get electrocuted and i kind of stood back and said okay you're on your own bud and when he got done he come over and rubbed up against my leg going like good morning how's it going you know but nobody in my family would believe what that dog was doing none whatsoever it took me forever to to get them convinced, and the only way that I was able to do that, because he did it every morning, just like clockwork at 5 o'clock in the morning, run out there, peel the hot wire, vibrate himself half to death, and then come back in the house, and he was good to go. So one morning, we're all getting up. I got all my girls up, the wife's up. We're all getting ready. We're going to take off, right? And I let him out the back door, and I called the girls over, and they caught him doing that out there peeing on that electric hot wire, just a vibrating and a shaking. And he kind of looks at us like, you ought to come try this. No, I'm good. You know, Uh, one of my daughters said, dad, would you ever go do that? (laughs) No, I would not. You know, I'm not going to pee on a hot wire, you know, hell no. But that's what he did. That's kind of the mixed bag that we've got in this family. Uh, I think I I just blame my kids. They wore off on him for some silly reason. He started doing something like that. Hell, for all I know, he could have been dropped on his head. You know, I don't know. But that's what he would do, and it's a family deal, but it took me forever to get them convinced that that's what that dog started doing, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But, hey, to each his own, if that's what he wants to do is go out there and pee peel on a damn hot wire knock your socks off, you know. And I'm going to tell you something else here that the, um, you know, when you live in a small community, uh, you don't have to watch your kids because everybody knows everybody. You know, anybody that's ever lived in a small, little bitty, tiny community of a few thousand people, uh, everybody knows everybody. That my kids swore for years when they were teenagers that I was watching them. And I wasn't. Everybody in that valley knew exactly who they were. They knew who their parents were. And it wasn't hard to get a phone number, okay? Uh, that's back before this. I'm going to wrap my girls off. Just tells you how old they are. We didn't have cell phones. We just had the old landline to the house and, uh, we happened to have an answering machine. So when we come home, you know, the wife, we just always check the answering machine just to see what we, what kind of messages we had. Uh, you can find out a lot about what your kids are doing on stuff like that. They would call us and go Hey, do you know your daughter's over here doing this and this and this, you know, or your son or whatever the deal was. So yeah, and they my kids thought for years that I um <clears throat> kind of kept an eye on them like that, you know, more or less spying on them. And I wasn't. I was getting phone calls, guys. But it's kind of funny now that my daughters, uh, one in particular, the one I'm going to rat off, uh, gets phone calls like that now about what her kids are doing. Hey, your daughter's over here. Your son's doing this. Whatever the thing is. And she's going, really? So she doesn't have to watch them. You know, everybody else is watching them for you kind of thing. And I'm going to rat my oldest daughter out a little bit. Uh, I remember one time my boss told me I could take the day off and stay at home. Uh, unbeknownst to her, I was sitting in the living room. And I heard somebody drive up, and I just happened to open the front door. And here she comes walking in soaking wet. I mean, from head to head a foot and i asked her what in the world happened to you and i caught her ditching is what the deal was she was ditching school and we had a swimming pond for this community that we lived in and all the kids just got together and no big deal to a harm wise they went down to the pond and some people threw her in the pond so she had to come home and get clothes changed real quick and unbeknownst to her i was at home okay uh was supposed to be at work but nope i was at home And that's when you find out that your kid's kind of like ditching school. So some of those little things like that, you know, (laughs) I think are kind of funny. Yeah, she just walked right into that lock, stock, and barrel. Okay, now I'm going to wrap myself off here a little bit. Uh, Back when I was like 21 years old, me and my best friend, Roger, we went to school together. We hung out with each other. Uh, His wife was a super, super close friend. They were childhood sweethearts. They got married. No problem, right? You get out of high school and you go to work and you do your thing. Well, me and Roger, back in the day, and I know a lot of kids nowadays—they don't know what a a paper check even looks like. Okay, but that's back when you—they didn't have direct deposit like they do nowadays. They have paper checks back then, and we used to get paid every Friday. And we would back in the day when you lived in Southern Nevada, if you cashed your check, you got a free drink. Yeah, the alcoholism in the making, Jack. I'm telling you. <laughs> So we go cash our check, we met up with each other, and we go have our free drink. And this one particular Friday when we did this, we decided, and I don't know how this thing all came about, we started bar hopping from one bar to another. We had a pocket full of money, and we were just going to go with it, okay? And that's what we did. And I woke up the next morning in my pickup on the driver's side, and I don't condone this, I don't know how I ever got through this or him, either one to be honest about it, uh, I wake up with someone tapping on my window. And when I woke up and looked at the emblem that was on the car, it didn't even look familiar to me. I had no clue. So anyway, I, they tapped on the window, and I rolled the window down, and I looked up, and it's an L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Now, remember, we started out in Vegas, okay? Somehow we ended up in L.A. County, he, the cop looked at me, and he says, I can tell you're not from here. And I said, no, where's here? Well, we were in the warehouse district of L.A., and how we got down there, I know I drove, but I don't remember anything of it. And he says, I just got one question I want to ask you. And I says, what's that? And he says, what's that in the bed of your truck? So I says, okay. So I turn around, and I look out the back window, and there's my best friend, Roger. He's in nothing but his Fruit of the Looms. His clothes are stuck up over in the corner of my pickup, And he's passed out in the bed. And he says, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Today's your lucky day, okay? I'm going to go do my rounds. And when I come back, this pickup better be gone. And I said, okay, not a problem, you know, and I'm hung over. And I said, I just got one question. And he goes, what's that? And I says, how do I get on the freeway? I don't even know where the freeway is. That's how bad it was, okay? So we get on the freeway, and I'm running down the freeway at 65 miles an hour. And this is like on a nice little Saturday morning. I got people coming up alongside of me, pointing at me and honking, and I have no idea what they're doing, why they're doing this to me. And I happen to look in my rear view mirror of my pickup, and all I can see is Fruit of the Loom. They're just a pair of white underwear. My best friend at the time was standing up, holding onto my light bar in his underwear at 65 mile an hour, going down the freeway. And I thought, oh, i got to get him down off of there. We're going to get a ticket. I'm already in trouble, okay, because I'm in L.A. County. So we pull off at your local little convenience store kind of thing, and he gets dressed. And if you don't think that's a weird thing to have somebody sit there and look at you while your best friend's getting his clothes out of the bed of the pickup, putting them on, that's a story for you. So we decided, well, we're going to get some coffee. We're going to get woke up and try to figure out just exactly how in the hell we got here. I have no clue why we ended up in L.A., none. So I finally get in the coffee and everything, and we're standing out there, and he comes up with the idea going like, ooh, I better call my wife, you know. So I go back in. I get him a ton of quarters, and that's back when they had pay phones. We didn't even have a cell phone. I couldn't afford a cell phone back in. This is how old this thing is, okay? So I go get him enough quarters, and we go back in there. And I get him; I bring him out to him, and he puts him in the old phone booth. Okay, and he gets a hold of his wife, and she—he was holding the receiver away from her ear, and I could hear every word, per what she was saying. She was screaming her ass off because she was worried about where in the world we were at. We didn't even know at the time, for sure. And so I happen to ask this guy, I go, What town are we in? And he goes, Well, you're in Riverside, California. And <laughs> so I'm like, All right, no, don't be kidding me. And he goes, No, I'm not, man. He says, You're in Riverside, California. So he tells his wife this, Roger does, and oh my gosh, he lit up the phone even worse than what it was. Told us to get our butts home. So we did. We get in the we put our money together, what little bit of money we had, and we had enough gas money. And a little bit of coffee money. And we drove all the way back down into Vegas. And when we got him home, I was told to leave. (laughs) So she's get out of here. So he ended up being like on the couch for a month on this deal. Finally, one day, she called me up and said, you need to come over here. Okay. So I thought, well, I'm going to walk into a war zone. You know, here we go. And she didn't even tell her husband I was coming over. And I knocked on the door. And Roger answers the door. Like, you know, what's up? What are you doing here? Well, Karen asked me to come over. No big deal, right? So she gets us both in there. And this chick was really slick about all of this stuff. She walked up to us, and she put her arm around me, around my neck. And I got to remember, back in the day, I had long hair. It was down on my shoulders, okay? So did Roger, down on his shoulders. So she puts her arm around me. She puts her arm around uh, Roger. And she says, I love you both very, very much. And then, you know, she's kind of rubbing the back of your hair, and you're thinking like, okay, this is going to go one or two ways. She's going to grab up me and Roger and slam us face-to-face into each other, telling us not to ever do this again. Oh, no, she was slick about this deal. She put her fingers, wrapped them up in our hair on both of us, and told us that we were never going to do that again. And as she's pulling us back with our hair, and I'm screaming like a little girl, by the way, and so is Roger, because I can't stand to have my hair even tugged on like that right and she's telling us that we're not allowed to ever ever do that again never so then she walks over and gets us a both a beer okay and gives us to us now have a beer sit down and shut up you're not leaving this place well you can't smoke in her house because she can't stand it to begin with so we stepped out the door to go have a cigarette and you thought we'd made the great escape, for heaven's sake. She flung that door open, and, and we're just like, what? We are just having a cigarette and drinking a beer. She took my keys, so we couldn't leave. <laughs> I ended up spending the night there because a little bit too much on the drinking thing, and we ate dinner, and Roger finally got to, after a month of being on the couch, got to go back to his bedroom, you know? <laughs> so me spending the night there was not a bad thing. But it was just kind of crazy. And that if you'd have pulled something like that today, oh, my goodness. And like I said, I don't condone that. I just don't know how we ended up in, like, L.A. County. I don't remember anything about that whatsoever. Okay, so that's ratting myself out. So I don't want my kids to always think that I'm ratting them out. So anyway, it's time to go, everybody. Uh, if you have anything you want us to read on the air, which we do get emails, send them to our email. That's jd.podcast1, the number one, at yahoo.com. So um, send us anything you want to. We'll get it on the air, you know, and we'll get things going. Uh, Everybody have a good day. And remember, this is on the lighter side of life. Keep smiling, everyone.